Well, met fellow adventurers, since I'm going to be spending quite a lot of time around in the Bentlin Wood, while I slowly, slowly chug, slowly, slowly build up all the bits of plot that you can get there, and it's going to, that's going to take a while. It's prob probably going to be a, maybe a couple of episodes of extra stuff happening there. We'll just see. So far, we've we've one little thing I've done that you shouldn't have done, but I put it there just because it's something you can do. That you shouldn't do, but you can do. Anyhow, while I'm doing that, I'm going to explore Bentlin Wood. This was the first of the of the explorable areas of its type that was put in the game. There really wasn't that much to it, though. But that I mean there were other explorable areas like that were in there before, like exploring the realms at random and random random encounters in Twithic and Tannus. But the, these areas were, but but these new areas worked better. So all all the new areas have been like this. Anyhow, this is Bentlin Wood. East of Hawklaw stands a sprawling forest known as Bentlin Wood, while woodcutters from several nearby villages ply their trades on the outskirts of the woods. There are few who dare venture very deep into the forest. Well, here's one of them. According to local legends, the powerful, malevolent spirit watches over the woods. Explore Bentlin Wood. East of Hawklaw is the forest known as Bentlin Wood. While the village woodcutters pile their trade on the outskirts of the wood, few dare venture deep into the forest. Legends say a malevolent spirit watches over the woods. Previously, I, I discovered Shadow Glen. Well, I didn't discover it. People already lived there. I, I didn't even find it myself. I was told exactly where it was. But... That is a place I can go to. No need for me to go there right now. The Hall of Ruin is still resetting. And it takes 12 hours to reset, so take quite some time to explore the things you get there. But you will get several thousand all skills and powers experience while doing it, which is alright, I guess. Uh, exploring Bentlin Wood. While exploring Bentlin Wood, you find yourself approaching the mouth of a broad, the broad for the giving mouth of a dark cave. Okay, I think these are the same as all the other dark caves you find in several other places, but I'll explore one of them, just one of them, and then I'll just ignore all the rest of them. With your trusted light in hand, you cautiously make your way into the cave. You're standing just inside the mouth of the cave. From here, the cave continues to the west for several yards before it disappears into the gloom. Now, these are all randomly generated, so I'm not even going to describe what the cave's like, because it doesn't matter. It's not designed. 
with your light source scattering the shadows, you cautiously make your way along the rough, uneven passages of the gloomy cave. Uh, yeah, just exploring two armoured scavengers. You get some loot from them, stepping back from the remains of your slain enemy. You once again draw yourself into defensive stance as you prepare to gain the last of your determined foes. Second armoured scavenger, quick combat, it is slain. Considerable number of them remain. Yeah, the neat these random things, there's just there's a number of foes and once you've gone through them all, there's a bark back beetle. Alright, three down. Slivering menace, quick combat. Considerable number remain. And there we go. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Large carnage crawler. Woohoo! Some terrible loot, not even worth picking up. Here's another Arvid scavenger. One of the prowling denizens of the lair. You get the same. You don't even get a different message. You ever find something different, so. Scavenger, thrust your sharp horn at you, and is slain. Ooh, some common chain boots. Now a dwindling number of foes remain. Fortunately, I'm getting through them quite quickly, because I'm getting another group of three armoured scavengers, which I'm plopping off, plopping into pieces right now. They're bugs. As I told, I'm probably okay with them. Here's the Trijor. There's two of them actually. And down they go. Uh, slain, only a small handful remain. Probably somewhere around about five. Alright, and that armored scavenger again. Ooh, some loot to sell. To sell. Right, filling off the rest of the dungeon. These, I mean, they're. I think there'll be some good loot. There might be a good loot drop after they're all done. No enemies remain. 60. Well done. You've successfully cleared the cleared the cave of its sinister inhabitants. 64 experience to general. With no fear of any further encounters, you make a thorough search of the cave. Exhaustive search turns up the following. Right, some of it's pretty good. The plate gauntlets. They'll sell for something. And 18 gold. Two of it being in the form... 12 of it being in the form of two trinkets. Alright, now just, now just to leave this place be. I will not be exploring any more of these dark caves here. Because there's nothing... Narrative to them. There's... As you've seen one dark cave, you've seen them all. Here's an armoured scavenger. Quick combat. Alright, explore some more. After you wander through the woods for quite some time, discover nothing that merits any interest. After a long while, you realise you're back to the exact point from which you began your exploration. Convenient. Keep exploring. You made a special note of this location. The Catamarock Statue. And we'll return to it in the future whenever you explore Bentlin Wood. Near the centre of a wide bed, bed of ferns, in an area of thick and tangled undergrowth, you discover a toppled, half-buried statue protruding from a half-covered 
half-covered forest floor. A close examination of the statue reveals it to be an armoured catwalk. The statue is obviously ancient, and is in quite a state of disrepair. Curiously note, the statue is missing its left arm. You search the immediately, but no find no sign of the missing limb. After several minutes, you take one last look at the statue before preparing to once again set off on your way. Well, if I ever find any statue limbs from Cattle Rocks, I'll have to put it here. Because, uh, considering how statues often work in this game, if I put it together, it may well come to life. And I'd say it's probably going to attack me, but you never know, it might be grateful. That would be nice, wouldn't it, to have, to have a statue come to life and actually, you know, not try to kill you? You know, you know, help me out. Maybe place its place its hand on its back and give me all skills and powers experience boost, which which is interpreted as a as a as a series of strange visions, something like that. Keep exploring. The exploration of the forest comes to a abrupt halt when you suddenly find yourself face to face with a pair of the denizens that prowl this tangled wood. Two stick legs. Long thought to be a creature of myth. The legendary stick leg has, stick leg has been spotted with increased frequency across the wilds of the North Broadlands. Hmm. How did that come? Has someone just been opening Neverwar portals to their home dimension? Probably wizards. You know, wizards always opening up portals to places. The legs and arms of these strange two-legged woodman beings resemble long, thin sticks, though they are not actually made of wood. The thin, spiny exoskeleton that covers their soft flesh resembles the, the bark of a stick. Stick legs have a broad-shelled torso that matches their arms and legs. The heads of these creatures have black, fly-like eyes that protrude from the top of their, their flat skulls. A thick shell, much like that which covers their torso, protects their heads. The intelligence of these beings has never been determined, but they often operate in large bands and have been known to attack trolls and ogres, overpowering such sizable foes with sheer numbers. Stick legs attack using the sharpened tips of their three-fingered hands. Hmm, so no tool use then. Because they've got pointy fingers! In in woodland settings, these beings move in near total silence and use this to their advantage whilst according their prey. They make no audible sounds, and some have speculated they communicate te telepathically. Hmm. Well, yep, there are the monsters around here. There's going to be a lot of them around. And fighting time. Begin combat. The, the thick, thick legs strike you with the sharpened tips of their long, thin fingers. Ooh, pointy. 2 XP. You gaze down at the remains of your opponents to take a moment to admire your green handiwork. Taking several moments to check over your gear and to make certain you're no longer in immediate danger, you once again prepare to set off on your way through the woods.
So that's the standard end of combat message. Keep exploring. While passing through a, a more open section of the forest, you happen upon a rather cheery woodsman making his way west along a well-used trail. He hails you with a friendly wave, and you spend a small while in conversation with him. The grey-beard woodsman, who introduces himself as Gromsmid, tells you he frequently haunts the, hunts the forest. Hunts in the forest. He also warns you there is danger to be found here. I've had more than my fair share of goblin trouble in here of late, he says, sighing. Candle myself with the, with the few once that I've found wandering around, but I feel it's only getting worse. I can only say to watch your step, but I wouldn't recommend spending the night under these trees. I'd do best watch out for stick legs, too. I've seen more of those about, too. Not a sight that warms the heart. At length, you prepare to take your leave of Grimia, but just before you do, the grey-bearded woodsman tells you that he has something to show you. Take a look at this, will you? He says, producing a small, perfectly round blue stone for his pocket. Found this just this morning. Back just away on this very trail. Never seen a stone like this. The stone is indeed remarkable. When you ask him if you can see it, you're surprised when he tells you you can have it. No use for such things, he laughs. Tossing you the wound blue stone. If it's a lucky stone, then its luck is now yours. I have a wound blue stone. This small wound blue stone was given to you by Grimwood, the woodsman you met, met while exploring Bentlin Wood. I assume it's going to do something, because otherwise, no one would rem no one would remember to record when he got it. It would just be one of the many, many miscellaneous artifacts. In the Sir Crokington Museum of random things he found. Life consists of goblin heads. Lots and lots of goblin heads. Yes. You thank Gormir for the stone. He smiles and again reminds you to take care as you make your way through the forest. At last you bid him farewell. And the two of you set off in opposite directions through the woods. Keep exploring. Two shade goblins. I've fought plenty of those before. Alright, and keep exploring. It's a forest troll. Swipes it through his deadly claws and is slain. 5 XP. Alright, keep exploring. Alright, that's the found nothing message. It's a cave. I said I'd be ignoring the caves, so I am ignoring these caves. The bark horn beetle. Stab, pity, stab, stab, stab. Keep going, keep going. Black stripe bear. Uh, let's go back to the quick stab dagger. Your exploration of the forest comes to what told me. Yep, it's a black stripe bear. What? There's a law book range of these. These large brown bears have a wide black stripe that runs from the tip of their nose to their tail. They are extremely powerful and often aggressive. Oh no, I look like food! Well, stab you. They swat at you, but then they deal a savage blow for four damage. And they are all slain. Well, there's just one. So, for 6 XP. 
You gaze down at the body of your enemies, you pause to catch your breath. And it keeps going. Here's a Domuk. Those are the small, angry tree people. Well, small by tree standards. Big by me standards. The fierce Domuk swipes at you with one of his broad limbs. And it's just slain. 6 XP. And I missed the, spe missed, missed the special, so watch out for more of them. Here's a skeleton. Hisses as it attacks and is slain. Lots of different foes here. As you make your way through the forest, you suddenly spot a shimmering, ghostly figure standing in the middle of the narrow trail you've been following. The glowing apparition is that of a young woman. Upon catching sight of you, she darts into the forest and disappears from view. You hurry to the spot where she stood and peer off into the forest. Your heart nearly skits a beat when you once again spot the ghost, this time drifting slowly through the trees to the west of the path, when she turns her head towards you, revealing a pleasant, youthful face, through in her haunting gaze you can sense a profound terror. You believe the ghost of this young woman is fearful of you. Oh no! Oh, uh, okay, okay, I'm, well, well, hmm. well, I mean, it is rude, but I'm going to attempt to approach the ghost. You sense the ghost of this young woman is extremely fearful of you. She seems ready to flee at any moment. I can use an item here. I'm just going to go out on a limb and use that wound, the wound blue stone. It, I got it, so it's probably used around here somewhere. No, not here. You sense the, the ghost of the young woman is extremely fearful of you and seems ready to flee at any any moment. Now I could use necromancy. Now would that be for communication or control? Because I don't want to control her. But maybe I could use ghosty vision. Maybe you could just help. Well I'm going to try it. going to try it. Succeeded. You channel your power of necromancy and use your dark magic to assure the ghost, the young woman, you mean no harm. After several minutes, you appear to have gained her trust, and the ghost slowly floats through the fo forest trees towards you. The fearful look on her face replaced with one, one great relief. You must help me, she says, her voice little more than a soft whisper. Kala, Kaljumar's gift. Okay, who is Kaljumar? The ghost of the young woman closes her eyes. And you watch in fascination as a faint glowing image appears before her. The con con conjured apparition is that of an ornate stone fashion fountain surrounded by, by thorny vines and covered with moss. As quickly as it appears, the vision subtly fades. Without a word, the ghost turns and drifts off through the trees, rapidly fa fading from view as she departs. In a matter of moments, there is no longer any trace of her. Still wondering what the image of the fountain could signify, you once again set off on your way. Well, presumably there's something I have to get at that fountain. Oh well. Keep exploring. Oh, and here it is. I found the ancient fountain. In the mist, and I can go back to it whenever. In the mist of a tangled patch of bramble, you come across an ancient mist-covered fountain. The ornate monument 
which you estimate must be at least a thousand years old, sits at somewhat of a slant, poking up through the thick mesh of worn, thorny vines that reach up from the forest floor to claw at its sides. You step up to the edge of the fountain, and, are, and caref, carefully parting a wall of thorns. Well, fortunately I can go under most of them, and stare down at its sizeable and empty basin. With no visible source of water nearby, you wonder how this fountain was once fed. Uh, magical pipes. <laughs> you continue to, to glance at the fountain as you prepare to once again set off on your way through the woods. Or, maybe, this was one of those fountains which you just put water in it once and it just, it just cycles through it in a loop. And it doesn't actually need that much extra water once it's been set up. Maybe it was that. You just put put a few put a few dozen buckets in at the start, and then it can just one on its own. You continue to glance at the fountain as you prepare to once again set off on your way through the woods. Particularising your views here, maybe that stone again. Ooh. Well, something happened, because I got 32 experience to general. On a whim, you take hold of the small, round, blue stone that was given to you by Grobbley and the Woodsman, and toss the curious object into the fountain's empty base. Almost at once, a bubbling sound fills the air, and a rush of sparkling clear water, water materialises to fill the fountain. Although no water spills from the top of the monument, the basin is now filled to the whim. You suddenly catch sight of something at the bottom of the sparkling pool. Ooh, what could that be? Lying at the bottom of the basin, beneath the clear water that now fills the ancient stone structure, is a small silver orb. You're about to reach into the fountain and retrieve the object, when suddenly the surface of the pool ripples, and a reflection... The branches above and the sky beyond are replaced with a vivid and horrifying scene. Moving image on the grippling surface of the water-filled mountain. Water-filled fountain seems to tell of a gruesome tale. You watch as a young woman moves up to the edge of the fountain and sets a silver orb at the edge of the basin. Suddenly, the orb rolls into the water and the woman leaves over to recover it. As her arm plunges into the water, the sky grows dark, and a black-cloaked figure strides out of the forest and approaches from the, fo- from the, fo- approaches the fountain. She turns and screams, drawing a wooden wand from her left sleeve and levelling the instrument at the sinister encroaching figure. The surface of the pool ripples, momentarily distorting a scene you're witnessing. Then... But when the image returns, you know it's a fire-winged portal now stands next to the fountain. Emerging from the portal is an armoured, sword-wielding figure. Your gaze is immediately drawn to the face of the armoured figure. It is that of a catamaran. Now, we're not, it's not explained in any detail uh, what kind of cat this catamarok looks like so maybe 
It looked like that cat that you had, that you were familiar with when you were a child. You can imagine that, if you want to. The catwalk warrior seems to shout something to the young woman, and she immediately retreats into the portal, stepping into the swirling vortex just ahead of her unlikely rescuer. Much to your astonishment, just before the portal closed, closes, the black-cloaked figure melts into a pool of shadow and slithers swiftly into the jaws of the, fake, the fading gate. The surface of the pool again ripples, but this time the scene that took place upon it does not return. You once again left staring at the silver orb resting at the bottom of the basin. Without delay, you reach into the fountain and retrieve the silver orb. Small silver orb. This is a small silver orb that you retrieve from the fountain in Bentley Wood. The same orb you saw in the image that appeared in the surface of surface of the fountain. After briefly examining the orb, you decide to keep it with you and tuck it safely among your other belongings. When at last you're ready to continue, you take one last look around before once again setting off on your way through the woods. Okay. Near the centre of the wide bend, bed of ferns, and near a thick and tangled undergrowth, you discover a toppled, half buried stone statues. Alright. Does the small, does the small old silver orb do anything with this statue? The Catamarock statue. Hmm. You know, is this Catamarock the same as the? Same as the castle walk in the vision. I mean, probably. I mean, you don't really have coincidences in stories. Especially since we've not really seen, don't see that many catamore rocks. Let me see a few. Well, other than in that one, that one we play about danger you can access from your grand residence. Plenty of catamore rocks there. Okay. Keep exploring. Oh, I'm thinking that orb is probably what this ghost is the ghost is looking for. As you make your way through the forest, you suddenly spot a shimmering ghostly figure standing in the middle of the narrow trail you've been avoiding. The ghostly apparition is that of a young woman. Upon catching sight of you, she darts into the forest and disappears from view. You hurry to the spot where she stood and peer off into the forest. Your heart nearly skits a beat when you once again spot the ghost, this time drifting slowly through the trees to the west of the path. She turns to you, revealing a pleasant, youthful face. Through a haunting gaze, you can sense a profound terror. Look, look, I already reassured you. Did you forget? Is that a ghost thing that you forget? You believe the young goat... The ghost of the young woman is fearful of your attempt to approach. You sense the young woman is extremely fearful of you and seems ready to flee at any moment. So, time to... Uh, let's use the orb. Small silver orb. Yes! 128 experience to general. The moment you present the small silver orb to the ghost of the young woman, her eyes widen as she drifts towards you. Her hand outstretched to take... Hold of the object. You promptly relinquish it to her and stand back. 
staring in wonder as a silver pier disappears. Silver spear disappears into her ghostly hands. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The fearful look that once adorned her face is no more. She turns to face you and begins to speak in a soft whisper. My heart rejoices, for I once again hold the big gift of my beloved, the gift of Kaujuma, she says. You must flee this wood, and you must never return. You are meddling to mend what my father so long ago set out to destroy. He does not west beneath these trees. It's the curse of his cruelty that haunts his forest. Alright. No, 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 no. I'm not going to just let this be. You ask the old woman what she means by what she said. But she needs to pay no mind to your questions. She said she repeats her stark warning. My father sees all that transpires beneath the trees, she says. Her eyes once again adopting a look of terror. He will know what you have done. And will surely hunt you. Can ask you to do no more by half. The gift of my beloved is enough. My father will stand for no intrusion upon his domain, even though it now lies in ruin. Yes, the young woman about Kajula, but yours is May. She turns, begins to float float away through the trees, then suddenly she glares black at, back at you. I have the memory of Kajula. That is enough. You must leave these woods. Without another word, the ghost of the young woman vanishes among the trees. After several minutes of waiting and watching, in the event that she might return, resolve yourself to the fact that she is gone, and once again set off on your way through the forest. Well, uh, I've got, I'm going to have to have some words with this father. You know, for... Not approving of someone's lifestyle when it is none of your business. Hey, hey. Go on. Love is love and all that. Right, three shade goblins. The shave goblins hack at you with their crude weapons. I wonder, do these work? Do these these work for the girl's father? Probably not. They're probably just gobbling it up. Alright, keep exploring. There's a cave. I'm definitely ignoring that. Another armoured scavenger. That is slain. Keep exploring, keep exploring. You've made a special note of this location. The Wooing Tower. And we'll return to the future whenever you explore Bent Wood. While exploring the heart of the wood, you come upon the site of a wooing tower. The mighty stone blocks that once made up the outer tall wall of the tall square structure 
lies scattered about the forest floor, causing you to believe the tower came to an abrupt and unnatural end. In the midst of the ruins, you discover a set of stone steps descending into the earth, through what remains of the tower's stone tile ground floor. I'm going to guess this was the tower of the ghost girl's the ghost girl's father and he's probably still there or he has some minions there and if I go in there he will know and he will be pissed off and he will probably try to kill me which is a good thing because that gives me an excuse to try to kill him because he's a dick <laughs> you know not supporting his daughter what sort of father doesn't do that descend the steps and other evil things probably <laughs> descend the steps after cautiously descending 22 steps you arrive at the end of a short broad passage that runs up to the door stone door the door bears no markings and no visible means by which to effect its opening. You push hard against the weighty stone slab for several moments, but it doesn't budge. Now, I could just leave it, but I'm not going to do that. But there are quite a few options for what to actually do here. There's Fethui, Law, Arcania, or Conjuration. If I had shadow magic, and that was also a level 40, they're all level 40, I could use that. I'm going to use conjuration, because you don't get to use that very much. Succeeded. 4x speeds conjuration. You summon your power of conjuration and watch with fascination as a thick iron latch which materialises on the smooth surface of the, no of the stone door. Wasting no time, you reach out and grasp the lapse. After several moments of intense strain, the tall slab of stones, slab of stones, swings slowly outward to reveal a small circular chamber beyond. Ooh, that was an interesting use of conjuration. I thought I was going to conjure a key or something, but I literally just gave myself a handle to open the door with. It's so convenient. Prepared to confront whatever may lie within the chamber, you step boldly into the shadowy room. The circular chamber beyond the stone door is small and empty, save for a plinth jutting out of the far wall. You immediately spot a curious object lying on the plinth and cautiously make your way across the room towards it. As you draw up to the plinth, your eyes fall upon the item rested upon its pitted surface. Appears to be the severed arm of a statue. Although I'm more and more leaning towards it's the severed arm of a person who's also a cat who was turned to stone. Because that, that, that's. And also, I'm pretty sure if I reunite the statue, he'll come back to life. Now, that wouldn't that be nice? Finally reuniting the lovers. Still got to deal with their father, though. Or get them far, far away from him. Well, I'll take the arm and then 
no doubt, that terrible father will make himself known, and then I can deal with him. Take the arm. You tweeze the arm from the stat of the statue from the plinth. It's a severed statue arm. This is the severed arm of a statue which you recovered at the site of the wound of an ancient tower in Bentlin Wood. After making a quick search of the west of the chamber and finding nothing of any interest, you promptly remount the steps and once again emerge into the forest above. As you're making your way out of the midst of the ruins of the tower, you suddenly find yourself confronted by a dozen armoured skeletons. Yep, yep, that's the father. Yeah, of course he's going to have a skeleton army. The fleshless, hissing undead, each wielding a rusty longsword. But apparently he won't, you know, pay for decent weapons for them. Stepping out of the forest on either side of the track you're following, you draw yourself into a rigid formation. The nightmarish, undead legion quickly parts ranks as a staggering half watted corpse in a mouldy blue cape steps through the mist. The gaunt, eyeless, eyeless cadaver, whose face still bears the scraps of a once thick beard, levels an accusatory finger at you. You're the terrible father, aren't you? You dare meddle in the affairs of my own blood! He rasps, a steady stream of ghoulish ord spills from the corner of his festering mouth. She will never take his hand. He is a creature of darkness. In his heart echo the screams of those he has slain. Oh, you're racist too. Of course. Of course that's it. Although admittedly, most of the catwork we've met have been, but... Go on, Look, it was good enough for your daughter. It's good enough for you. Unless you have, you know, actual evidence. Rather than just stereotypes. And I don't think you do. Realising this undead being's rather cryptic words. Are a reference to the statue's arm you're now carrying. You're about to consider returning to him. When suddenly the first... Uh, no, don't do that. He's a jerk face. When suddenly the first four skeletons step forward. Fiendishly brandishing their decaying instruments of war. Well, thank you for making this easy. For making the decision for me. As the first four skeletons advance upon you. Your eyes are momentarily drawn to the undead figure in the blue tunic. He turns his back to you swiftly melts into a pool of shadow and that slivers away into the deep gloom in the tree beneath the trees. Oof, he's gonna be if he keeps melting into shadow, how am I going to kill him? The terrible father A violent hiss snaps your thoughts back to the current predicament, and you turn your attention to the four advancing skeletons. Well, I could meet necromancy with necromancy. I could run away, but then we'll just have these statue, these skeletons wandering around causing problems, so not going to do that. Could fight them regularly, but necromancy. Succeeded. 4 XP to necromancy. 
your channel of power of necromancy and focus it on the skeletal legion almost without delay. The dozen armoured skeletons turn and march off into the forest, leaving you alone at the edge of the tower winds. Go, um... Uh, uh, where have I told them to march? I haven't told them to march anywhere, you know, without cause a problem. Your mastery of necromancy has spared you what would likely prove to be a brutal fight against the vicious, fleshless undead. After... Oh, wait a minute. All, t all 12 have marched off? Wow, I am good at this. I am good at necromancy. <laughs> to take a few moments to make certain the skeletons are gone for good, you once again resume your trek through the wood. Alright, let's go return the hand. Yes, I think it's going to be take his hand in two ways, you know, take a hand as in put the hand back and get married presumably return to a previously discovered hmm Although, what, why did he just keep the hand, did he just want to be a dick <laughs> or did, did just one tiny, tiny part of him just think maybe I'm the bad guy here and just couldn't commit himself to permanently destroying him. Well, well I guess we'll never, never really know. Alright, to the Castle Rock statue. Alright, now I can use, use this good old... Use the severed statue arm. Use it. Put it to use. You place the severed stone arm you're, you're carrying up to the left side of the Kazmok statue. I'm surprised that... Oh, well, I'm not that surprised. I'm actually, I'm pretty unsurprised to discover that it's a perfect match. This is pretty much exactly what I expected it to do. Suddenly, the arm goes white hot, forcing you to release your grip on it as you stagger back beyond the waviness of this scorching glow. When the blinding glow fades, you look back at the statue, but are shocked at what your eyes behold. There, lying on the ground, where, where the half-buried statue once lay protruding from the forest floor, is a living and breathing cataract. The cat-like humanoid, clad in worn leather armour, looks up at you in bewilderment as he struggles to regain his feet. After several failed attempts at rising, you step forward and help him up. Thank you, he finally mutters, wincing painfully as he stretches his limbs. I am Kajuma, and I am forever humbly at your, your service. The catawark nods curtly and then cats his wary glance at the forest that surrounds him. We will meet again, human, he says. His voice growing strong with each word that he speaks. The lord of this wood is a sorcerer of great might, though perhaps even his time has passed. If you are able to return my arm and break the curse he so long ago laid upon me, you relate to the castle mark your encounter with the undead being in the blue tunic at the wounds of the tower deep in the heart of the forest.
you explain how you came to possess his missing arm, and ask, ask him if the being you met was the sorcerer of whom you speak. Yes, this is his daughter's hand I sought, all those countless years ago, he says. It seems that the passage of time has done little to soften his cool resolve to keep us apart. You quickly tell the catamarch of your encounter with the ghosts of the young woman, and the vision you had at the fountain showed their attempted escape from her, from her father via a fire, firewind portal. Kajar nods and tells you that is the last time he ever saw his beloved. We became separated as we tumbled through that void, he says, and when I again emerged into the light, I was at the feet of her father. The sorcerer was at the feet of her father. The sorcerer, Lord of the forest that I lay, was, it was then and there that he laid the horrid curse upon me, and I became stone. I was hardly the first of his enemies to meet such a fate. Kaljamar tells you that he believes that despite the wickedness in his heart, Sorcerer still bore enough love in his love for his daughter to allow the curse to be broken. He removed the petrified arm and hid it deep within his tower. Returning the arm to my side would break the curse. Perhaps he used the arm to hold sway over his daughter with the promise I could be. The catwalk stops in mid sentence and lays his hand on his shoulder. I thank you again, friend, he says. The sighting of your go her ghost beneath these trees lends me hope. I must now find her. I hope we shall somehow meet again. You bid farewell to the castle rock known as Kajumar, and watch as he slowly departs, moving cautiously off into the forest. Hey. Happy cat. <laughs> In the years... Years since your encounter with the young woman's ghost and the catamark known as Kajumar, you often wonder if they were at last united, despite the objections of her despotic and really terrible father, and, and beyond even the constraints of time and death. Believe that somehow they were. And that, and that ends this in, informal adventure with 1,024 experience to general and 128 experience to all skills and powers. Which is very nice for such a low-level adventure. You can probably finish this off within an hour of creating your character. And it's... And now I feel all warm inside. Because a ghost and a cat can be together at last. Yeah, assuming their father doesn't ruin it again. Anyhow, that is the end of that quest. But there is more things in Bentlin Wood. There's more of those caves, but I don't care about those. Here's a skeleton. Quick combat that. Keep exploring. Two armor skeletons. Quick combat those. 
yes, yes, with all these. I would like to deal with it with her father at some point. Maybe, I mean, probably. Ideally, they'll just make up. And then they, and then he can go to their, he can go to their wedding and everyone can be happy. And he can, and all, and he can have loads of skeletons at, at, at the wedding. Whatever. Oh, all right, well, this is a new thing. A series of drawn, loud, drawn bellows reaches your ears as you make your way through a dense section of the northern part of the forest. As you step around two towering shoulders of rock, your eyes fall upon a gruesome battle being waged on a wooded slope just ahead. An ancient and perhaps somewhat fe feeble domu bellows with rage as it attempts to defend itself against a small horde of vicious sticklets. The hideous fiends move swiftly and without sound as they surround and attack the gentle forest lord. Who sense the stickleds have gained the upper hand in this fight and may indeed bring down the mighty Domu. No, no, not the Domu. Anyway, here's a Dom. Here's the link to what a Domu is, if you don't know yet. Domu are an ancient race of tree beings, not commonly seen in Swift for many centuries. Those Dom who remain are shy, recusive creatures who seek secluded shelter places in which they might avoid contact with the world in which they no longer feel they beyond. They belong. The Domu are most akin to large hardwoods, as their eyes and and if their eyes and mouths are closed, it's nearly impossible to tell them apart from these trees. Domu can move if required, but they usually usually choose to sink their roots deep into the ground and remain in the same place for years, being very tree-ish. If angered, if angered or threatened, a Domu will attack and prove a fierce and deadly throw. But these beings would prefer to stay hidden, content to allow the troubles of the wider world to pass them by. But these troubles just bump straight into them, and I'm not going to let that pass. Okay. Now, I could ignore this, but then I'd be a big old jerky face. And I'm not going to do that, so obviously I'm going to the aid of the ancient Domu. You realise you must hurry if you are to hope the ancient Domu against its savage and determined attackers. You sense that the mighty forest lord's might is weakening, but it may not be able to survive the assault for much longer. I've got quite a few options here. I could just attack them. I could leave, but no, I am not doing that. I've, I will not let, let leave people to die. Not again. Not after Vark. Alright, so here are my options. Archery, woodmanship, telekinesis, elementalism, or illusion. Mm. Let's get elementalism. Yeah. Want to be careful with fire around the door, but still. You summon your 4 XP to elementalism. You summon your power of elementalism. 
and watch as a trio of howling air elementals surge down out of the sky and whip themselves into a gale force fury that encircles and then collapses in on the horrid stick legs. With a matter of moments, not a single stick leg is sta standing. The elementals swiftly depart, leaving a gruesome pile of carnage in their wake. For several minutes, you remain on your guard, cautiously scanning the forest on all sides, seeking any sign that the stick legs might immediately return. Yeah, I mean, they might have some sort of pheromone thing, where if you if you kill all of them, it sends a sends you know, a chemical that just summons more of them. When you're certain that you that, that they are gone for good, you turn your attention to the mighty Domo, who very nearly fell victim victim to the savagery of these of the vicious fiends. You move closer to the ancient Domo and note with great sadness the mighty forest creatures suffered several severe wounds during its battle with the stick legs. The Domu grunts as it slowly opens one of its eyes and attempts to focus the round black orb on you. Thank you, dear friend, rumbles the low voice of the living tree. I, Toribic, lord of this wood, Humbly, thank you. Though you can sense the Domo is very weak, you are amazed to see that many of the gashes and gorges that mar its rugged exterior have already begun to mend themselves. Ooh, handy. Step closer, grumbles the Domo, as one of his eyes again creep open. Step closer to me, human. Alright, well, well, I always trust, always trust a talking tree. Step closer to the ancient Domo. As you cautiously step closer to the Tobrick, still somewhat uncertain of what it is the ancient Domo wants, suddenly the mighty creature reaches out and takes hold of you with its long, powerful limbs just picks me up. I am now just sitting in one of its hands, being all tiny. As the Gombu's mighty grip tightens around you, a strange sensation begins coursing through your body, causing your vision to blur and your thoughts to become jumbled. You note that the tips of Tobrick's wooden fingers are glowing white hot. Glow oh, glowing bright white, nothing about hot. Oh my, that's a lot. Alright, I've got 512 experience to Law, 512 experience to Arcania, 512 experience to Woodmanship, 512 experience to Elementalism, 512 experience to Woodmanship, to Restoration, and 512 experience to General. Oh, very, very nice. Especially for such an early quest. As a strange vision coursing through your body subsides. Strange sensation coursing through your body subsides. Your vision clears. And you stagger to your feet at the base of the ancient Dongu's broad trunk. Tobrick, whose deep, gentle blaze has been fixed 
on the forest for the better part of an age, closes his eyes and appears to drift off to sleep. He wished you the mighty Dormu a silent farewell before before turning and once again setting off on your way through the wood. You've made a special note of this location, the ancient Dormu Torbic, and may return to it in the future whenever you explore Bentlin Wood. Hmm. I guess he doesn't move that much anymore. Because, you know, he's really... Really, really old. Hmm. And how he gets along with 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 the with the father of the with the father of the ghost. I imagine it's awkward sometimes because I mean they've both been here for ages, so surely they know of each other. I guess there's some sort of agree- there's some sort of gentleman's agreement between them that they just leave they just don't look at each other and pretend the others don't exist because they do not want to get into that big fight because uh, no one's really sure who would win I mean I mean uh, I mean that lich king the Lich Lord, he has skeletons. But. But Torabic is a really big tree! He's really big and really strong. And old. And apparently he has magical powers. Or at least some of them. He at least has elementalism and restoration. Hmm. Which probably not a sort of good thing to have have used against you when you're already dead. Yes. But 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 they managed to not fight each other. Anyway, I can go back there, and maybe I will. But that will be uh, later, later, because I happen to know I know because I've done everything in this game lots of times, except the brand new stuff. I'd have this that one unlock a little dungeon, and that's that. That will take a bit of time. All right, call off the exploration for now. Let's go to Hawklaw and save and west, and that's it. So the next episode, we'll say hello to our friendly ancient tree once again, and until then, farewell fellow adventurers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.